Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation. Man to man. No excuses are offered. None accepted. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. It's like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts, Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk man. I back it up. And we are talk full of that, man. Go right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. And that's the bottom line. Cause Stone Cold sets up. If you're gonna blitz, come strong, but don't come at all. Coming strong with another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. I am Jeff Howe. Let's not waste any time and get right into this week's presentation. First off, wherever you're listening, however you're listening, we thank you so much for enjoying another edition of Longhorn Blitz. Thank you so much for the support of Decade Plus and still going strong, and that is because of you, the listener. If you're not a subscriber, search Horns 24-7. That's Horns 247. No dashes, no slashes, no spaces. It's all together. Find it, click that follow button, you get every episode of The Blitz when it drops on Tuesdays, and don't forget to leave us that five-star review. We would greatly appreciate it. Let me bring in the rest of the team. He is the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire, our lead research analyst on Longhorn Blitz, and a daily fantasy guru. He is Matt Butler. How are you, sir? Doing pretty well, man. How about you? Terrific. And the third member of our team, by the way, at his age, most people do start wearing glasses or something or have been contact wearers. The eyesight of the third member of our team must be very damn good. Still, not Eagle it's, eye. it's not yet compromised, but Father Time genetics. is coming for us all. Uh, coming for us all. Maybe it's just that brain working overtime because <laughs> keep those eyes fresh. Because he is a Renaissance man. He wears many hats for the Austin Radio Network, including co-hosting Ball Don't Lie with Mike Harge each and every weekday from three to seven. But for yep. the purposes of this podcast, he is our lockdown corner here on Longhorn Blitz. Lifetime Longhorn, 2002 UT All-American, 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award. Fourth-round draft choice of the New York Giants back in 2003. Spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL. When he was done with football, he got himself back to Austin, Texas, and the 40 Acres, where he earned his degree. Whenever that T-ring comes back in, we will make sure he wears it proudly. Nevertheless, he's a card-carrying member of DBU, and when you get that All-American honor recognized by the NCAA, they make sure you get one of those black cards. Number 21 in your program. Number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. I appreciate the intro, brother, as always. I do my best. As always. Uh, like I said last week, we'll get into spring football because I was out at practice this morning. There are yeah. some some nuggets to get to. But nice. I wanted to have, since we had no spring ball last week to talk about this week, I want to just kind of do an overview of the NFL draft hopefuls for the Longhorns. We talked about doing that because we didn't talk a ton of pro day. Honestly, 
there wasn't a ton that happened at Pro Day. And, Rod, it was really weird for me to go to a Texas Pro Day where the number of draftable candidates far outweighed the number of guys that you're almost positive are going to be in the priority free agent pool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it's this year, it was weird. I out There's usually a standout performer at the Pro Day, someone you go, man, that guy's definitely going to get a chance Marcus on Marcus Johnson, Brendan Schooler, we've yeah, seen those guys. we've seen it over and over again. I, I mean, I guess this year trying to think of who that could be that had that type of uh, pro day performance but I, I didn't I didn't really see anybody who had that type of performance yeah. where it would warrant a team giving them a type a shot I'm not saying nobody won't get a shot mm-hmm. uh, but I'm sure someone will but it just it was kind of a underwhelming pro day yeah overall. like Deshaun Jameson and Anthony Kirk were the two guys that you would think about okay yeah they had a chance well, I don't think I don't think either one of those guys like they tested good they tested good but it wasn't like off the charts where a team would be like, okay, did we miss something? Like, like Eye-popping. Like teams were with Schooler and Marcus Johnson. Those are the two guys that I'll reference yeah. forever because it's like, oh, my God, like, where did that yeah. come from? I, I do think if Deshaun Jameson gets into a camp and with the right team that really prioritizes special teams and returns that type of hidden yardage and he becomes that guy, um, and you can stick – on the NFL roster, because he he will, if he gets enough opportunities, he'll break a couple. You know what's interesting? He is about really him? talented as yeah. a returner. You know what's interesting about him? I asked him. I said, when you've met with teams, because he's met with quite a few teams, I said, what's the first thing that they ask you? I figured it would be, have you ever played safety? Because he said a lot of the teams he's talked to have talked to him about playing safety, mm-hmm. safety or nickel. Yeah, imagine that, Deshaun Jameson being a safety or nickel guy. <laughs> Seems like one of us on this show was harping on that for four years, <laughs> five years. Anyway. uh, but the main, he said the main question he's been asked is, why weren't you on returns as a senior? Hmm. Uh, yeah, they put X-Man back there, and who else they put back there? Uh, Kendall, they had uh, Keelan Robinson Keelan on Robinson. returns. Yeah. And Xavier Worthy on punt returns. Yeah, I don't. we talked about that briefly. I don't know why. I, I figured because he had been demoted kind of as a corner, there was kind of an all – they were just going with a – they were just going with younger guys across the roster. Remember they put, no they put him on the pump block team. And he actually made plays too. Yeah. I have no idea. I don't. I don't think we discussed it enough. I have no idea. Do, do we just think that the coaches believe X Men and Keelan Robinson were just better returners? I think so. Yeah. They, That's hard to believe. To just think they're just way better returners because he was. I have he was no like one of the best returners in the country. <laughs> well, in school history. Yeah, he really was. Like he was a really good returner. If you'd have left him on kickoff returns, uh, let him return both, he probably would have left Texas with more return yardage than anybody in history. Especially once he became de- once he got demoted, basically on you know defense, they weren't playing as much on defense. Why not just make him an all special teams guy? I want to use him on both. Well, and that's the one thing that, like, sometimes you'll see. Oh, well, maybe coaches don't like you know the depth at his position. But like Sark's been clear, like he's had his top players. They return. He isn't afraid of injuries on special teams. Like, Ro- Roshan played on, I think, on every special team except maybe field goal. Yeah, PAT. Devonta Smith. Like all, he's always had his star players returning kicks. So you know, it doesn't really align with that either. Yeah. So maybe he just like, hey man, I want my. I want my game breakers back there. Yeah, I think uh, like that's what it is. Yeah, it's like he's like, these are my guys. These are guys like I'm bringing Keelan Robinson over from Bama. I'm X-Man. I brought him in. These are my guys. I want my guys back there because they're the ones who go make the play. Which so it could just be that simple. Which is why teams are asking him, hey, why, why, why didn't you? Why weren't you on returns? Yeah. They move you off returns. That, yeah, that, I mean, that actually dropped his stock. 
Let's, yeah. let's not be honest. I mean, that's one of the, the ways he was able to contribute. That's part of the the package, the added value of a Deshaun Jameson is that, hey, man, maybe he is your third, you know, I don't know, nickel or whatever, third corner on there, but he's also your key returner on punt returns and kickoff returns. He can be your gunner. He can be, be on your, your kickoff, gun, kickoff team. No question. Yeah, he's an all-key special teams guy. Yeah. I don't, yeah, that's a great point. I think he could do that, though, in the league. There's still room for oh, that. Yeah, for I mean, sure. Every, every team has one. They used to have a bunch of those guys. That's mm-hmm. how Rod B made a roster. Now you got, like, one of those guys, yeah. one, two of those guys. He can be one of those guys. Well, if they have two of those it, guys in New England, maybe New England would be the place because Schooler the is Ravens that guy. probably have two of those guys. Like, some teams, they prioritize special teams yeah. over others. And he's got the XFL now. Oh, I mean, yeah, let's be for honest. Sure. It's not Rod B days, the old days where you had the NFL Europe and then you had to, mm-hmm. you had to leave the country. <laughs> you know what I mean? To go try to play football. Now they got the XFL. Let's all hope that, you know, that, that it lasts long enough yep. for those guys to go, you know, make some money and get some checks. Seems like it's got better backing and more support. But, yeah, there are other avenues now. If he doesn't, you know, make it in the league, he can still go play in the XFL. Yeah, be a pro for a while. Between the XFL or when you had the AAF or yeah. whatever, you know, like you've had multiple NFL. NFL players come from there, like you're, from skill position guys like Donald Parham to like yeah. QBs like DJ Walker. Cultivating your craft. The problem with football is you can't really go anywhere and cultivate the craft. So you really had to go play somewhere. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you, if you don't use it, you will lose it. Yeah, for football sure. Football is just one of those games. Yeah. You, you gotta re, you gotta find a way to get those live reps. Whether you gotta leave the country and go to Canada or not, you gotta do it. Or you gotta take a step down and say, you know what, it's not the it's not the NFL version of pro football, but at least it gives me a chance to work the craft enough. Yeah. It's close enough to it that mm-hmm. the XFL is. Just just live reps. That's all. You just it need is. to get them live reps, man. You gotta I mean it, it just it that that decay that takes place, I cannot tell you, it is it's monumental. I mean, it is a it to me, I think it's one of the, the it's to me it's a tremendous story when somebody has a lot of time off and then comes back as a great player mm-hmm. because it's to me it's really I think it's one of the toughest things to do in sports. Yeah. Out of all Especially sports it's probably yeah. the toughest. Yeah, cuz you just out of the sports you can work you can work the different parts and elements of the game, mm-hmm. basketball, baseball, yeah. football you really can't. Can't simulate any of it. You can't replicate that. You can't simulate that. You got to get on the field That's with true. the pads on and work the live reps. Deshaun didn't come out and say it when I talked to him after the pro day, but I got that vibe that Rod, what you said is accurate, that maybe he felt like his role on special teams, as unselfish as it was, to just, okay, you want to be on the pump block team? I'll go be on the pump block team. I think he, and again, he did not tell me this. This is me Hmm. reading into it. I think he felt like it hurt his draft stock. Oh, no doubt it did. Yeah. He he knows. Yeah. I mean, that's... Paul, I mean, I'm sure him now being, what was he, a fifth-year senior? What was he, a Mm -hmm. fifth-year senior? You're keeping up with that stuff. I mean, that's the dream. That's the goal. So he's keeping up with that stuff. And, you know, I I do think – what, did he have an injury? Did he have like a little – He had the ankle a couple years ago. Yeah, some. some, He came back the following week. He came back and was fine, you know what I mean? But I do think that that it was clear the staff started to try to use other guys in that role at that field corner. Mm -hmm. Um, He wasn't consistently – Used as Ryan Watts was as the boundary corner. Right. Yeah, he they was more like, of a system guy on yeah, the other side. Exactly. In zone. They were like they, they were really, looking. They were looking for something, someone else to step up in that on that field side. Right. And I don't know if it's because you know what they saw at practice they didn't like, but you know we talked about it. There was a regression with Deshaun Jameson that you didn't expect. You hope a guy's a fifth year senior, he's gonna just 
you know, he's seen so much ball and he's he has so much experience that he was just going to be a natural leader and continue to, you know, to, to, to be on the right trajectory. He did not. I think his elite tool, Rod, you were talking about what's your X-Men ability, right? Mm-hmm. I think his X-Men ability is his ability to play the football when, the, when he can be in front of the ball. And he's got great ball skills. He does. Tremendous. That wasn't enough to make up for whatever he lacks at corner. I don't, in other words, I don't think he had an elite tool that would really help you play a corner in today's game. Yeah, I, ball, ball skills and instincts would help you more if you're playing inside. If you're a safety or maybe not even nickel, I think maybe safety mm-hmm. would be I, the, would be the spot for him. And it's because he he was great. I think he was really naturally um, gifted at he had a reading, I almost call it kind of triangulating mm-hmm. the you know the 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 route progressions and triangulating his pre snap reading. What I mean by that is being able to see with you know. The periphery with the quarterback, the number one receiver that you're on as the outside corner, field corner specifically, and being able to see that number two. And being able to see and process all of that. I thought at times when they had him off coverage and doing that, he was really good. And yeah. I almost did it naturally. I actually don't even know if he was <laughs> doing it to the extent where he was you know, going through the progression of reading the three snap, going to, snapping to number two, getting back to number one, back to the quarterback. I don't know if he was necessarily doing that because yeah. I haven't talked to the young man about it. But just watching him so long, he was really good in that role. And I don't think for Texas they wanted to adapt their defense for that. They're like, nah, man, we want to play man coverage. All right, you want to be really good at playing man coverage in Texas. Played a ton of man coverage, and they, I think they also wanted to get into. You know, we talked about the pattern match zone yeah. when they did play. You know, their zone concepts. They want to be more of a pattern match zone, which is a zone man concept. So ultimately, they want guys who could just straight up lock you down in cover one. That's what Texas would ultimately like to play. They're going to try to play more of it this year. That's why they loved Ryan Watson that role, mm-hmm. and they like a field corner who also could hold up playing man to man coverage. And that, they got their nickel now that they trust in that role. Yeah, Jay Barron. And so, to your point on that, on the zone cover and him you, triangulating and being able to see the ball, just to what Jeff said, when you look at his numbers, and we talked about this during the season as it was happening, but like he took the biggest leap on the team by far in exactly that in zone coverage. Because mm-hmm. the year before he had yeah. struggled, his NFL passer rating in zone coverage allowed was 111.2 in man, was even worse, 129. Well, this p- past year, he was much better in man, wasn't great, but overall, the NFL passer rating against him in man was 90.6. He was by far the best on the team in zone coverage. He was elite. Now, J.D. Coffey had 17 covered snaps, so very minimal, just a few plays. He gave up a 39.6 passer rating. In 265 covered snaps in zone, it was a 46.2 passer rating, which is supremely elite. He was targeted 34 times, only gave up 16 receptions, and for 240 yards on 34 targets. So, like, when you look at that, he had five PBUs, had two picks, and forced incompletions. He had 18 and six of them. It looked, yeah. So, if you look at the numbers across the board, 
not only like was he the best on the team, Jade Barron also had some elite numbers in zone coverage. It was a 56.3, but both of the things you said, first off with Jeff, with being able to keep the ball in front of him, and that's what he was doing when in that triangulation of coverage, mm-hmm. and being and that works perfect for because a lot of modern NFL oh, yeah. coverages, you'll you'll be flipping, one side will be playing man, yeah. one side will be playing zone, and you can literally sit and use a player like that very well in spot situations, so there might be a niche for him, it's just... He also sort of plays the cards, and now the defense knows what he does well on the field and why he's out there. So that'll be the deficiency he'll have to work with yeah, at the I, next it, level. That's a, I mean, that's great numbers. I love that. You know, so I think naturally, just like I said, just watching film, I love when he's in those situations on the field and he's mm-hmm. got multiple receivers, and they don't necessarily challenge him, but he's just naturally reading or feeling, I should say even better, route combinations, and he's got that kind of triangulation of the pre-snap read. But for him, I think what the coaches, they're, they're playing a lot of like cover four pattern match. Like mm-hmm. Gary Patterson's influence is basically they played a ton of cover four pattern match zone. That's what they want to do, um, which essentially can deteriorate down to this man to man principles, depending on the formation, depending on, you know, the route combinations, all that stuff. So you're basically, uh, as Matt just mentioned, you know, how NFL teams are because they play a lot of pattern match. You can end up playing a different coverage altogether just based on the the release of the raw receivers and the mm-hmm. route combinations. So I, like I said, I thought he'd have been really good at that. It's you know what I mean like he just because he naturally just is reading it. You would think he'd have been really good at that, and I think he was. But for some reason, the coaches still they did not really. I don't know. They it, toward the end of the year, it seemed like they were trying to go elsewhere with the cornerback yeah. position. Well, yeah, and I, it's also good to see that when he was out there, he was used in a way that was effective for the team defense too. You know, like that's, true. that's the only yeah. it, you can. It at least shows good self scouting that you can identify. Well, we don't like this guy, but he's really good when we put him out here doing yeah, this. They never, they never had him playing bump and run. I mean, yep. he's always playing off, so they yeah. knew that. I think, I think you, what you saw as the year went on is I think you saw the evolution of PK's defense. And yeah, you had the GP influence, but you know, like you. You look as they started to work guys into that field spot, whether it was, you know, Terrence Brooks or whoever, yeah, the defense didn't take a step back. I mean, when Terrence Brooks – actually, you know what, Rod? Deshaun James – you're right. Deshaun Jameson did miss the TCU game because that was the game That was the game Terrence Brooks started. Yeah. Yes. You're right. Great point. Good job. Uh, yes. And the defense didn't fall off. No, no the defense Brooks fell off them. when Ryan Watts. Yes, go back down. to the Iowa State game when <laughs> when they lost Ryan Watts. All hell like, broke loose. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So we sound about schematically. That's really what hurt him. But yeah. the field corner, they figured out. Hey, man, we can roll guys in yeah. out there. When when you go out to practice and you watch the you know, the guys that this staff has recruited at corner, you said Deshaun Jameson doesn't fit that blueprint. No, Robbie doesn't though. I yeah. was talking to my man Harge about that the other day. I was like, I mean, honestly, you know, they wouldn't recruit Rod B. They want length. They want they're big humans, right? They're, hell, I, I wonder if Casey Studdard would have been recruited by this group. I mean, they like huge, yeah. big humans. You know, what I mean, it's so nothing personal. I do think you should make you know exceptions. I think I do think you, they're right. outliers, yeah. and I think I was one of them. But mm-hmm. yeah, I understand that. It's that's a lot of like, teams that like that. Xavier Bryce, Manny yeah, Muhammad, they want, they want Austin Jordan, yeah. They want long guys, you know. Uh, some some coaches all about, hey, I, I need a track time on on this position. You ain't got that track time on this position, and I can't really. And it feels like it feels it. like their safeties though now are more kind of almost quarterbacks in the middle of the field, like ball hawk type guys. Yeah, I, Robbie would have came to Texas today via transfer portal. 
<laughs> I probably would have been. You landed here. I had to go somewhere else. I'd probably had to go somewhere. I don't know, like Oklahoma State or something. Yeah. Go up there and ball line. Go to RC and you had to leave a m Yeah, they were like, you want to come to Texas? Like, hell yeah, I want to go to Texas. Oh, uh, you would have yeah. went to Colorado and then you would have left oh, New Heights. Oh, I definitely. Heisel. These days, yeah. Great uh, yeah, point. Yep. And <laughs> I pulled the numbers nationally. If With as many players that played 378 coverage snaps as uh, Deshaun Jameson, if you look at just in zone coverage, he was – Top 10 in the country, and other DBs up in that group are DJ Turner from Michigan, Josh Newton from TCU. Yeah. Like, really top-level DBs. He was 10th in the country. Damn, so Newton was – man, TCU had a great man coverage guy and a great zone coverage guy. Yeah. That's ridiculous. But, yeah, I, I think the right team – if somebody's just looking at Deshaun Jameson with the right team, right scheme, and the team that prioritizes special teams, dude, he's gonna make, he can make a, make a roster. Not, Hodges hey, I mean, Tomlinson was top 15. In zone, that's Man, amazing. Man, they were a cornerback combination is one of the best we've seen in a long time. Um, but also think about the practice squads now are they're bigger, mm-hmm. right? And and you just, you can stay on them longer. Yeah, stay on them longer and they're bigger. Oh man, so that's big. You can get a career little, out of that. Yeah, if he's a project for somebody, be like, you know what, I like him. I think he's got some natural. Let's let's see if we can cultivate it. Quandre Diggs made his career that way. I mean, it took Matt Stafford being like, no, nah, that guy keeps picking me off. Y'all need to like, get him point. on the field. And they, it took Matt Stafford talking to the defensive coaches to get Quandre on the field initially. And the that's coaches like, kept saying it about Purdy. Yeah. There were all the players who said it about Purdy. It was <laughs> yep. like, man, nah, this dude go. They were like, really? He was like, no, nah, man. In practice, we're the best defense in the league. And this dude be doing <laughs> us dirty in practice. So, yeah, he ready for the league. I remember uh, the Rams <laughs> coaches saying the same thing about Kurt Warner. Like, they get so mad at the defense. Like, why are you guys getting carved up by the scout team? Like, what is this? It's like, coach, I'm telling you that that guy flinging the football is pretty damn good. Hey, I remember we saw everybody knew VY was cold, but VY was running them scout teams when I was, I was like, yeah, hey, this dude, is something else. It was like, uh, they blow the whistle. We're like, I'm glad they blew the whistle. Yeah, that's the worst. <laughs> right, right there when you can't touch a quarterback and they, oh yeah, he would have been, yeah, like, been sacked. Been sacked. <laughs> is, uh, that was a day where uh, it's like, man, we had to see V. Wild. We man, Jamal Lord ain't gonna be nothing on Saturday. Exactly, <laughs> very <laughs> true. That's, I totally agree. No disrespect to Nebraska great Jamal Lord, hey, but man. um, pretty damn good. So Deshaun James and Anthony Cook. Anthony Cook's never been considered like an elite athlete, and I think that was reflected in his testing. Yeah, I mean, I think he's a guy that gets into a camp. But, oh yeah, you know, and he can play multiple positions. Yeah. So you prove that. I think that alone, scouts like that. Scouts, he, he scouts said, love that. He said the team, and he hadn't met. I think he who was the first team he met with. I think he said it was maybe the Packers. He had had a meeting with the night before. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's crazy. I oh I have a I have this on my phone. I think somewhere. it was the Packers. If that is the case, that makes perfect sense because Brian Guntkunst, I think is his name. <laughs> He's the GM, and I literally was uh surfing through Twitter and I found a clip of him talking about how he values versatility. He's like, man, I you know yeah I know how much I value versatility. He was talking about a different play. He was actually talking about oh what's the defense Savage. Savage, yeah. yeah they have. Bills. I'm sorry, good. Anthony Cook's meeting was with the Bills. All right, mm. so this point has no. It's, <laughs> no <'cause laughs> I'm sorry, Ross. I thought right. it was the Packers. What I'm does sorry. Leslie Frazier think of them? <laughs> no, no, no. But still, either way, the point still is versatility matters. I remember when Coach Akina told me about Adrian Phillips before anybody was high on him about getting on the NFL roster. He was like, no, man, that dude's played every position in my secondary. I've never had anybody be able to, to process mm-hmm. all that and still be able to – I can move him around anywhere. He said that he said NFL team's going to pick him up because 
He's so damn smart, and they love versatility. They love a guy that can be like, well, he can play nickel. Oh, he can play safety. Oh, he can play corner if we need him to. Yeah. Anthony Cook theoretically can play safety and corner if you need him to. Now, at the NFL level, probably won't play corner because right. you have the wheels to do it. Um, but at safety, uh, he can, it means he's got cornerback you know, uh, skills, yeah. and he can play safety. It means he can cover. That he's prerequisite playing. with the safety is so big. I mean, yeah. it's the same way that when everybody talks about, oh, yeah, well, he used to play quarterback. It's like, oh, well, now that's why Kelsey understands every soft part of a zone and can sit down inside a zone and find, like, when you have another player that played that position mentally, then he's something that, you know, another player that hasn't done that is going to be playing at a disadvantage. Yep. Uh, I think, with, yeah, and Cook said, you know, when he's talking, he was talking in his meeting with the Bills, if I can spit that out. Um, he said that was something that they viewed as a positive because he's played field corner, boundary corner, the mm-hmm. uh, boundary safety, field safety, and he's played nickel and he's played dime. I mean, he played dime as a freshman. Dude, I'm telling you, that is that's a huge asset in the NFL. That yeah. versus it really is. There are a lot of guys. I mean, um, oh man, now his name escapes me. Safety for the uh, Broncos now. PJ Locke. Yes. Yeah. Locks another guy. By the way, he just played, got another contract. Yes, because he played nickel and he played safety. Mm-hmm. He's got to play corner. Man, the versatility. I'm telling you, NFL. They they really because they figure they'll put you at one spot and be like, man, he he's not great there. All right, let's try him at the other spot. They really you get like mm-hmm. three different auditions. Yeah, in one because they'll figure out oh, if he's not great at corner, let's just move him at safety and see how he's good there. So I mean, it really is something I think that'll help him get make a roster in the league. Not make a roster, but at least get a shot and make a roster. Yeah, and like you said, for you know. I think maybe more so for Cook than Jamison, like the XFL is is one of those options. Hey, by the way, speaking of Houston area DBs that are lifetime Longhorns, I forget what team it was. Chris Brown just signed with a CFL team. Oh, yeah? Did he really? Yeah. found him? Yeah. What? I, I don't remember what team it was. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. Why, why CFL Google it. Instead, Why not go to the XFL? Don't ask me why I was Googling that the other day. Either. Oh, no. Are you talking to Jackson? I'm Jeff happy Coke. for him. I I don't wonder what happened, why he took such a hiatus, because that guy, we all loved him. I mean, he was a, a Longhorn Blitz favorite. That dude should – the XFL is perfect. Even, even when I talk Calgary Stampeders. Yes, Cal, thank you, Matt. Man, he needs to be in the XFL. That's crazy. When okay, I, so uh, when is the CFL? I need, I need to try to f- f- watch a, a – Did it start like in June? Yeah. You know, like boy, June to nope. November or something? Uh, yeah, I got to find out when the season is because I'm going to watch. I'm going to try to watch me a Calgary Stampede game. I'd even ask Chris Brown. He is uh, a Calgary Stampede, right? Stampede. Stampede. I even asked Chris Brown last year because he worked out at Pro Day last year. I, I was like, this. I was like, yeah. okay. I was like, we've been asking ourselves this on our podcast. Where the hell have you been for the last year? Please. Did he tell you? <laughs> yeah. He he actually broke his forearm during Pro Day in 2020. Oh, wow. And couldn't work out with teams and just kind of decided, you know what? I'm just going to focus on getting ready for. Next year's pro day. I didn't get healthy. I don't think I ever saw that report. And that was <laughs> in the middle of like COVID shutdown and like Texas pro day Great in 2020. Point. Like, I don't even remember that happening. You know why? Because yeah. none of us covered pro day because it was closed because of COVID. Damn, yep. man. So See? that's how they kept the, the info. Dang, COVID. Dang you, COVID. Yeah, man. That's upsetting. You know what? And see, he's one of those guys he just missed. Honestly, okay, go ahead. You got something. Brown is a cousin of former Stampeders running back and Hall of Famer Kelvin Anderson. So Beautiful. Nice it's his cousin. Factor. His cousin's a Hall of Famer um, Stampeder. So he, that, that year he was coming out. So what was, was that? It was a 2021 draft. 
the 2021 draft. So he was working out. Man, he so he did have. No, did so he, he did a, have a pro day. So did he have a COVID year that he did not use? Yes, he had another year he could have. Bro, come you should have. You should have took that COVID. That's a bummer. But he did have a great year though. He had a great year, so he I did. can't hate on him cashing in. But now Trying. in retrospect, I'm like, damn, he should have took that year. Doesn't he still have a year? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. It went until today because he signed with the oh, pro. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 ruined no, your eligibility. He could have came back, bro. That would have been awesome. Yeah, that would have been story. amazing. That would have been a great story. Yeah. It was like I when had I had a COVID year, you bought it and take it. I, yep. I, 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 I take that year. It was no like doubt. whenever LeBron, when I started oh, to wonder, man. like, man, if they don't change these NCAA rules and they make Bronny, like, go to college for a year, remember LeBron was, like, saying, so do I have eligibility to play college football? <laughs> uh, he ooh. does. He does, does have college. It's a, yeah, it's yeah, it's like a different Smith sport. Doing the golf thing. Oh, yeah. do it. Do no, it, LeBron bro. has eligibility. He's already talked play about college it. football. Yes, that would be the biggest story. That'd be like Michael Jordan, like retiring, way, going way to bigger. Baseball. It'd be way bigger. He'll be bludgeoned. He'd actually kids. be pretty good. He'd be amazingly <laughs> He'd be good. The best tight end in the country. <laughs> and then he get drafted. I'm not. I'm, I'm saying that like, <laughs> this is may happen. I'll tell you this: if LeBron, that's awesome. Like, let's say LeBron enroll at Ohio State. Whatever classes he's in, that professor count on getting perfect attendance from that class. Oh, what? No <laughs> doubt. Man, if LeBron's actually on camp. Oh, man, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He was tweeting about it like now, a year ago. Texas needs to get Brownie. Now you got to be convinced. <laughs> now, that, just because of that, I'll, I know that is a, this, it's probably not there. It's a likely. pipe dream, right. yeah, but it's, it's possibility. It's a Hail Mary, but still, because it's possible. Arch to LeBron. Just so we can discuss it, we, the first step would be getting Brownie on campus. So we got to make <laughs> get Brownie here. Yeah. It could happen. Arch to LeBron. Yeah, let's do it. Let's make that happen. Yeah. Oh, it'd be yeah. nice. uh, I LeBron. Start, man, that's now you. You got people thinking now. Now you got my wheel spinning. Yeah. All right. That's all, and all this started today. with Chris Brown going to play in Canada. So <laughs> shout out, shout out to Chris Brown. Shout out to Chris Brown, man. I love that dude. We love man. Chris Brown. DBU, baby. Um, so Cook and James. So let's talk about the draftable guys real quick. Every I've seen Bijan hasn't fallen out of any first round mocks. He's still. I think though, Rod, looking at the draft order. I was thinking about this, like the Cowboys, and I'm a Cowboys fan, and I've heard a lot of Cowboys mm-hmm. fans say, "Oh, we can, we can snap up Bijan at 26." Oh yeah, you can. Man. I don't think he's going to be there. Yeah, they have to move up a little bit. I, I'm with you. I think that's a think, trade up. He might he might drop. I say between 15, he's going to go between like 15 and like 22 or 23 somewhere around. There. I don't. If the Chargers stay, if the Chargers him. stay at 21, since they let Austin Eckler yep. walk. I think that's I think that's who drafts because I think if he gets to twenty, I think Buffalo's gonna be thinking about trading up to get him. I yeah. think if he gets close enough, Buffalo's desperate. Yeah, I think because they know Buffalo. He's actually a potential piece that could put them over. The Forget top. a visit. They had dinner with Bijan the night before the pro day. Yeah, I, I'm with you. No, I think Buffalo would move yeah. up to get him. And I'm with, I, I like that Austin. I like you about the San, San Diego thing. Sorry, Los Angeles thing. Yeah, the Chargers. I, I just said yep. Chargers. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and some team, if they really want them, the leverage to go and trade up to get him inside there. Like I, you know, normally you're never going to think of a guy going in the top ten, and that's why we're talking about the teams in the top twenty at running back or somewhere around there. But when a team like the Eagles that stockpile picks and have so many picks, and if they say decide they don't want. To pick somebody at they have ten and twenty six, mm. they can trade that ten to any team with leverage and get a haul out of it because they know that if somebody's wanting to trade up, they really want that guy. You know what else? Be, you know what else? I think could be Bijan's draft fate. That screams a Belichick trade back, pick up like an extra three. Mm, they do run the rock. 
Oh, I hope he doesn't go there. Yeah. I want him to go to a team that is it they're looking at him as final piece potentially yeah. and, and Buffalo, Buffalo Chiefs Buffalo. Is for Buffalo Chargers even the Chiefs got that Pacheco who is awesome who was as a rookie so I don't think they'll do it, it and he I, would compliment him perfectly it, and there's some I don't know there's some organizations who just they're, they're not going to draft the running back unless he drops like kind of out of the lottery yeah I think I just think he's going to be traded for. I don't know if teams going to trade down or up. He's going to be traded for because he's just too much. He's too valuable. And the, the you you talk about you know the value of the running back position, which we know is at an all time low. But he is one of those exceptions to the rule and the outlier. But still, teams are going to be reluctant because they know about just the basic principle of draft value is you don't draft a running back really high anymore. Yeah. You don't. You don't overpay for them and you don't draft them high. And I think even for like the, a team like the Cowboys, and I, I don't want to turn this into an NFL draft segment, but I think a team like the Cowboys, like if you're sitting there at 26 and we know the Cowboys have needs and we know they value draft capital, who's to say that a team that might be at the bat, further back in the first round, like, yeah, Buffalo, you want to move up? Give us your three this year and your one next year. Mm-hmm. Nope. And if Buffalo says okay, then you do it. I think you might get a team to say okay because yeah. they want them really bad, and yeah. I think Buffalo could be one of those teams. At try like you in the Chargers, I like what you said. Or like about we the swap ones, you throw in a three this mm-hmm. year, to two next year, or something. Yeah, he ain't gonna be at when Cowboys draft at twenty six. You can pick up, you can pick up a couple top one hundred picks if he falls that far, you know. And so it's, I think he's going in the first round. He's not gonna be. It's not gonna be one of these deals where like, oh man, he's still available day two. No, he's going in the first round. No way, not a guy of his ilk. Yeah, but. You know, like I said, Rojo will be there in the fourth round for you or something like that. Yeah, Roshan, I think at the pro day, didn't do anything to hurt himself. Just went through. He didn't test, just went through the drills. I think DeMarvin Overstone actually helped himself with the pro day because he didn't vertical at the combine for whatever reason. Went 36.5 on the vertical. Was it 36 or 38.5 mm-hmm. on the vertical? Uh, his jumps were good. He's got. We know he's got versatility, so he looked good in the drills. I, I just Some team's going to. Yeah, make him a project. Yeah, especially with the you know, and I was I think he's a guy that's going to actually be on a roster. But in terms of him playing right away, yeah. I think he's going to be a bit of a project. You got to put some muscle on him, and his play strength needs to improve. They'll they'll brush up his technique about taking on blockers, all that kind of stuff. But once they do, and once he becomes an in, gets his NFL body, I yeah. think Demarvin Overshaw is actually going to be a player. Yeah, I, mean, I, I see. Here is what I think. I think Bijan goes in round one. I wouldn't be surprised for the Longhorns if there's any activity on day two, but day three could be insanely busy. Yeah, yeah I agree with this. Um, listen, Moro Ojimo, I know we're talking about guys who <laughs> did a lot at the pro day, and he didn't do much at pro day because his NFL combine was ridiculous. I mean, he was top five yeah. essentially yeah, in, freak. I want to say, multiple categories. I don't have my notes on right now, but in multiple categories in, with the interior defensive line at the NFL Combine. So he, he showed his athleticism, but he's so young. We all know that. Guy's really, really young. He doesn't turn 22 until August. Yeah, so 21. Was a fifth, Was he a fifth-year senior, a 21-year-old mm-hmm. fifth-year senior? Yeah. yeah. That's a lot of football to play for a guy who's 21 years old, and he played inside and outside. Uh, so I do think, yeah, somebody's going, speaking of projects, somebody's going to fall in love with Ojemo, already is in love with Ojemo, and they're thinking about, no, no, this guy can be great value for us, and we're going to get him late because nobody knows. He's a sleeper for us. All you got to do is watch film on Ojemo. And remember, those guys, those interior D-linemen for Texas, they don't have a lot of reps each. Yeah. Because they rotate them. So they were mm-hmm. so damn deep. 
which yeah. is good for the NFL. Yeah, exactly. you're fresh. If you're, if you're, you're a scout, you're like, man, they got a they got. He has a thousand more snaps than him than somebody else. Yeah, I mean, they rotated a ton of those guys, so it ain't a lot of film. You got to be kind of deep diving to see it, but he can be a diamond in the rough for you. Because if you go in the, and the NFL definitely does this, especially with the high trauma positions like running back, like linebacker, Utility like line men, there's a certain amount of hits that they say that you have. And if you haven't played that many snaps, but you looked really good in them and actually can help your value because they're like, no, we might actually get an extra season or two or get 500 more snaps out of this guy than the other guy. And when you look across the board, I got a lot, a lot of his numbers here. He was sixth in the 10-second split, which is really good for D. Lyman, just that opening burst, 1.77. He was second in the vertical jump at 33. He was fourth. In the broad jump at nine four, he was seventh in the forty time, and then uh, there was a couple other ones that he yeah, ranked no, inside the top it, third inside the bench press with yeah. twenty nine reps, and uh, I didn't see a shuttle listed, but also listed inside the top uh, I think fifteen in in the uh, three cone shuttle. So he was a top tier dude across the board. Morrow said he met with the Patriots the day before pro day, and was set to have a visit with the Saints. The two teams that had they like recent versi- Malcolm Brown. Yeah, I was say, yeah, that's a good point. They like and they like versatility. Roach, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Texas. Uh, by D-line. the way, I found Deshaun James. I found my tweets from that day. Deshaun Jameson said the Bears, Broncos, Jets, and Chargers are among the teams that had shown the most interest in him. Demarvin Overshone said he had an upcoming meeting with the Cowboys. That would make sense, Rod. If you, like you're talking about, if you you know take him as a project, you just signed Leighton Vanderesh to a two year deal. Mm-hmm. If by the time Van Der Esch's deal is up, maybe you feel like Overshone could be that guy that just yeah. steps into that role. Well, and we know Dan Quinn loves positionless football, right? He's kind of built his defense. If you look at offenses that have adopted positionless football as their kind of their theme, if you will, and their identity, Shano has done it more extreme than anybody else on offense. On defense, honestly, it's probably Dan Quinn yeah. mm-hmm. who's going more extreme with it. Those three safeties he uses, and they've doubled down on those safeties now because mm-hmm. they just re-signed Donovan Wilson. They got the other two locked down for the next uh, year, I believe. So they played more three safeties, big nickels, big dimes, than any other team in the league. He had Keanu Neal, which was a hybrid guy, but Micah Parsons is the best hybrid defender in the league that uh, Sam Williams they drafted, I believe. Mm-hmm. He's kind of a hybrid guy. He loves hybrid defenders. He does. Jaron Curse. Jaron Curse is that, too. They use those guys in the box a ton. So, yeah, I can see them looking at DeMar Earnshaw and going, oh, no, 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 this guy with the right in the right system, yeah. he can be a force. Yeah. Um, so that makes sense. Keandre Coburn said he feels like he's met with everybody in the league mm-hmm. at this point. Oh, I take can I give you my theory on that? Yeah. My theory on that is this is why Keandre Coburn's got nothing to worry about tell with the testing and everything because every house needs a plunger right every house needs a plunger i don't know where your plunger is some people keep it by the toilet some people keep it in the garage whatever every house needs a plunger right when the fit hits the shan every team needs a kendra coburn and here's my take that's why they're plungers because at this point every team needs a wide body big body old school d tackle who can just take on a double team who can clog up a hole in the gap, all right, and who can just be the rock of Gibraltar, if you will, and be that that force that cannot be moved. Do you need to be uh, someone who gets pressure and all that kind of stuff? That's an added bonus, but you do need kind of an old-school D tackle, and Keandre Coburn is that. Now, he actually has added value this year because he proved he can rush the passer. Yep. But the reason that is because even this year you saw it. 
the NFL now is all is trendy, right? So it's a copycat league. So everybody is on the Shanahan running scheme, the zone blocking run scheme, inside zone, outside zone, which means you need defenders who can just run sideline to sideline, all right, because that's what the zone is designed to do, to stretch you horizontally. So you need defenders who can run and be able to chase those gaps down yep. as they are created. But the counter for the offense is to go, you know what, to hell with all these hybrid defenders who can run sideline to sideline. How many of y'all can get punched in the damn mouth with these power gap schemes we about to come at you. Uh, how many of you DeMarvion Overshones can handle that? Yeah. Uh, not many of them can. That's the ultimate counter for it. So you, ha- every team now has to have one of those guys. When the offense goes to counter from these zone blocking schemes that you have defended really well and game planned well for, when they go to the counter, which is the gap and the power schemes, they go, oh, man, I don't have a Kendra Coburn. I don't have a Coburn. I don't have a Coburn. You don't have a plunger when the fit hits the shin, when your toilet's overflowing. What happens? Oh, man, that's a disaster. Mm-hmm. Same thing happened in Philadelphia. What they do? When got Ndamukong Kung Su, mm-hmm. when got Lyndon Joseph. Joseph. Same thing happened to the Cowboys. What they go do? They went and got Jonathan Hankins. They traded for him. You have to, have, you have to get a plunger because it is of the utmost importance mm-hmm. when your toilet starts overflowing. You go, where the hell is my plunger? That's why Hassan Ridgeway keeps getting jobs that's in the league. All, it's that, that's why every team is like, oh, no, I want to see Coburn because we might need him. If he's, he's right there at the right time, everybody's going. And they're, as, as my, my man Matt mentioned, they're high-impact positions. So I don't want to pay a lot of money. Over. The Philadelphia Eagles drafted one. They thought, I'm going to draft yeah. Jordan Davis. We will have one for the next three, four years. And then he gets hurt, and they go, damn it, now we got to go trade for one. So you might need money. two plungers. If you got, you know what I mean, two bathrooms in the house, you might need two plungers. Same thing. You're going to need two Coburns on your team because the ultimate counter to the zone blocking schemes is teams to go power right at you. And if you don't have a Coburn like the Eagles did, they go, Damn, we can be beat by any team in the league, basically, because we got a, a, a weakness that we cannot remedy. We got something that we can't fix. We got to go fix it right now. Cowboys did the same thing. I'm sure if I looked up other teams around the league, I'd find the same examples. You need a Coburn just like you need a plunger. He's fine. Yeah, and yeah. also, <laughs> to add on to it, he had a good combine because out of all the D tackles, yeah. he was in the top performers in five of the seven areas. Mm-hmm. He was seventh in bench, as you would expect. He was ninth of all D tackles in vertical jump. 10th in broad jump, 11th in the 40-yard dash, and 12th in the 10-yard split. Like, it wasn't as if he was at the bottom of his group. He was mm-hmm. actually one of the guys that performed Ball. athletically. You know, to your point, Rod, I think that's why a guy like Hassan Ridgeway can keep getting deals and why a guy like Malcolm Brown is out of the league. It just it goes back to where they were drafted. Malcolm Brown was drafted in the first round. He commands more money. He's going to command more money on the open market. And when you get too expensive – Mm-hmm. They'll get somebody on the cheap, and you're too old. You've already, like you said, you've, yep. the impacts had the totality yeah. of of the you know the tread and the wear and tear on you. And I didn't realize how many, I didn't realize how many games. Like he had multiple years with the Patriots where he's playing and starting 16 games. And, 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 and Belichick needs that guy, right? Yeah. I need that guy. You're my guy. You're my plunger, man. I need you to stop. And it's, stuff it's just that how gap. Belichick uses draft picks, right? Like, okay, we'll give you the fifth year guarantee, but once you're done with that five year contract. I have no use for you anymore. And then after that, no. though, because you were drafted at that high capital, as you speak about, then it's just standard that you are your prerequisite for that next contract is so much higher mm-hmm. than what other guys are that come in as undrafted free agents. Right. So it really does sort yeah. of hurt those guys unless you stay at that elite level. That's why we love Pona. Yeah. That's why Pona oh, is yeah. a dream come true for the Seattle Seahawks. Well, yeah. an, an undrafted free agent. In and he role. still plugs that hole, even still though he doesn't start all the time. But Hassan Ridgeway is perfect. Hassan Ridgeway was a fourth-round pick. So you can go to Hassan Ridgeway on a third contract and say, hey, how does two years for three million fully guaranteed sound? So Sounds terrific. <laughs> yes.
So when can that I be there? Right. I ain't got that big of a nest egg. Yep, that <laughs> sounds about right. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's a good point about Coburn, too, Rod. Um, that, that had to be covered, everybody. Coburn. There's one Roshan, thing I wanted to point out. From yeah, Roshan, we Well, from the NFL combine, yeah. I didn't point it out last time, but uh, the 10-yard split for Roshan, he was tied yeah. with Bijan and Jamar Gibbs. He was like literally the third best in the entire – it was 1.52. There were three people that were at 1.52. It was Gibbs, Roshan, and Bijan. And then A-Chain, who's just a blur, was 1.51, yeah. one one-hundredth of a second faster. And then that Keaton Mitchell kid, who also is a blur from East Carolina, were the only ones faster. We're talking about him coming – and that's what we see when he, hit, he bludgeons the line and hits the line and is able to break more tackles than anybody. It makes total sense. Yeah, I can't wait to see what team drafts him. That's the difference between him being a starting running back in the league and him just being, you know, in a running back by committee is what team drafts him. Because I think mm-hmm. about a third of the teams, he ends up with the right team. Rojo ended up starting for a club mm-hmm. in his first two, two, three years or so. Because yeah. he really can good. catch the ball. He can be yeah. a three-down back. I really, I really truly believe that in my heart. Yeah, he can be that. a three-down back. And, and there tough. are very few of them. He's tough as hell. Yeah. You know, I, I asked him at the pro day when he was doing his interview, I said, you know, to me, I and – I didn't ask it like this, but to me, like the one play that sums up who Roshan Johnson is, is that last touchdown he scored against Baylor when you know he's mm-hmm. playing on that bad ankle mm-hmm. and he's got to hurdle a guy and he does it and lands on that bad ankle and you know he's gritting his teeth through the whole thing and scores. Mm-hmm. And he said, he said, I've had a lot of good plays. Like, but yeah, that, that one might be it. He's like, cause that, I, it was, I had to fight through it that day. I remember like, that. We could tell you had to fight through it that day. Yeah. I mean, even at the, the damn senior bowl, he breaks his hand early on or something like that, right? Yeah. Injures his hand early on in practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then zero, and it doesn't buddy. find out until after the practice, <laughs> after all the practice is over, and they're like, dude, you broke your hand. He's like, oh, man, I must have done that earlier. And he just like, thought like it was jam- Like He didn't yeah, think anything like, of it. I think he like got it checked. It was, it was like, nah, it's good. I'm okay. And went yeah. through it. Oh, it's just a hand. <laughs> so Ronnie Lott said, it's just a hate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lop it off. Oh, man, that's good. Um, yeah, thankfully, Rod, thankfully your football career is done and you've got all your extremities, all your limbs, oh. all your digits, everything. I'm not, I'm not man enough to do what Ronnie Lott did. I make that decision. I'd have chose my finger. I don't think 99.4% of the world's population is tough enough to do what Ronnie yeah. Lott did. Nope. Yeah, seriously. Um, but anyway. my finger. So real quick on spring ball, a couple of injury notes, and we'll pick the spring ball conversation back up next week. I just want to run these down. Whichever one of you wants to go first, you tell me which one of these is a bigger deal of guys returning to practice. Malik Murphy being a full participant when we were out for our Tuesday viewing window. I like that. Uh, Jonathan Brooks back as a full participant during our media viewing window. Okay, I like that too. And Isaiah Nayer getting back in drills. Damn, man. Oh, that's that's tough. Not a full participant, but – He's doing drills. That's tough. I don't Which know. is the that's, more important one? You can go, Matt. That's tough, actually. I, tough. I would, I, I just because of the position is of utmost importance to go with Murphy. Even though the Nayer thing, I think, could have more upside because it can actually impact how good if Texas is at its best. It's with Texas's starters, meaning that Malik Murphy isn't seeing the field and Nayor is seeing the field. So there's two sort of dynamics to it. But I go Murphy if you're talking about longevity and keeping the quarterback room healthy and knowing that you aren't going to have significant drop off if you have catastrophic injury. But if we're talking about just how it impacts the starters projected going forward, then Nayor. I, I think I think it's 
I think it's Malik Murphy because I don't know how far along. Like the good thing with Isaiah Nair is you, you, it gives you an idea just watching him run through a few drills. It's just like routes on air, some individual stuff, but just watching him run through drills, it just kind of re, you know, recalibrates you and says, okay, his recovery has to be on a damn good trajectory right now for him to be in drills at this point. Yeah. To be participating on some level. Might be that. To me, it's Malik Murphy because now you can have a legitimate competition for the backup quarterback spot. It doesn't go to one one or the other by default. It doesn't go to somebody by default. Yeah, I like that too. Um, what was I, the third name you mentioned? I totally it was right. Jonathan Brooks. Yeah, okay, yeah, gotcha. Jonathan Brooks coming back, which is important since you guys both kind of went over the other. So I, I'll I'll just go devil's advocate here with the running back and just say, you know, just give you like a stat. And it's a really good stat. I hope I can find it here on my phone. Uh, if you go look at running back leaders in college football, NCAA, so we're talking about Power 5 and Group of 5, and rank them by missed tackles force per touch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those with a minimum of 225 touches. Um, and it's like Power 5 only, So because I don't want to get too deep into it. Power okay. 5 only. Since 2015, Rojo's first. Javante Williams is second, and Bijan Robinson is third. <laughs> yep. And it, Javante Williams is like went into the league and immediately led the NFL doing that. Yeah, he's, it, he was it, Mac it, Brown's running back in college. Exactly. It's, it, to me, I think it's a natural skill. I yeah. mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll, I'm sure your the scheme and the offensive line helps you in terms of you being able to break tackles. It's individualized, but I though. think it's more exactly. I think it's more of an individualized specific stat. Yeah. And those guys were. St- the point is they're special. They're like really they're elite at it. Both of them were you had you basically had the two best running backs at breaking tackles in your backfield in the last five, six years in the same backfield mm-hmm, for Texas. Yeah. Now I know that offensive line is gonna be good. I hope they will be, you know, great this year. Um, but I I think we man, we took for granted how many Minus plays and negative plays, they turned into positive ones. Oh, yes. I did. And I think you, that can, you can add them up during a game. It, that Colorado game, the Alamo Bowl, I think was a pro- Colorado game. The Alamo Bowl uh, was a prime example of it. All right, against Washington. I don't know why Colorado was in my head. Uh, that, it was another Matt, Alamo Bowl. Matt mentioned it earlier. <laughs> um, but anyway, that was a prime example of it. And I, to me, just with the running backs, you're not going to be able to replicate that with one guy. I'm sure. I'm sure C.J. Baxter is. A special back. He looks the part. He does, but he ain't Bijan, and he ain't. We know that. Like I say, hey, he's special. There's special, then there's Bijan. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I don't know if J- Jonathan Brooks is great, but basically to consider C.J. Baxter and Jonathan Brooks to be your Bijan and Rojo, even if they're gonna be that good, they're not gonna be that good next year. Right. Right. So mm-hmm. that's why that would be. You need those. Your running back position. You you need it to be a. You know, kind of a, a juggernaut, money, a money ball juggernaut position where you kind of piecemeal it together with different pieces. It's, and Jonathan uh, Brooks has got to be a key one. Yeah. And Keelan Robinson's got to be a part of it, too. Yeah. And to put the numbers on to Jane now, remember, Jonathan Brooks played a ton of garbage time. So he's not going up against top tier athletes the same way that Bijan and the same way that Rojo were. But so far in his 54 touches, 
he has 21 missed tackles forced, which is 38.9%, which is a very elite level. It's not to that a level of Bijan and Rojo, but that is an elite level so far. But it also was a lot of beating up on Rice and Kansas in some blowouts. It, it kind of reminds me, Rod, the backfield makeup kind of reminds me of that 2000 season where you had Hodges Mitchell. Hodges Mitchell was good. Mm-hmm. But was Hodges Mitchell as special as Ricky or as special as Cedric what you got as Cedric Benson? No. No. We love Hodges Mitchell on the show, love by the way. Hodges Mitchell. And then what so what'd you do? You had Hodges Mitchell who did his thing, but you had Ivan Williams who could come in and be a, a power mm-hmm. back. You had yeah. Victor Ike who could come in and be a speed guy. Mm-hmm. You had some different guys that could do some different things. That's why the imagination and creativity of Sark designing the run plays is going to be big this year because mm-hmm. I don't think you can just go out there with your kind of staple running plays and expect to to bulldoze teams and play bully ball. Now, if your offensive line becomes elite, then maybe you will. But in the Alamo Bowl, that wasn't the case. I'm yeah. glad you brought it's that up. Because right, like in the they second weren't. half, you they, started to see yeah. Brooks have to catch the ball on the perimeter yeah, it's like, and stuff. Come on, I mean, sorry, yeah. I think Sark assumed he was going to just bully them. It's like, no. And by the way, Washington actually – was a re- a good defensive front. Yeah, I mean, actually one of the better. Ones. Well, I know we got to get out of here, so I'll say this, and we'll pick this back up next week. I've, I keep getting hung up, Rod, on your your question of what is the identity of the offense going to be in twenty twenty three. I think the more I think about it, I think it's going to be perimeter playmaking, perimeter skill playmaking. Maybe not the the positionless football like we would love Sark to really take a, take hold of. I think it's going to be perimeter skill playmaking. You throw Keelan Robinson's part of that mix, JT Sanders is part of that mix. Mm-hmm. But I do wonder, we know Sark wants to play with a physical edge. We know he wants to run the football. Mm-hmm. We know his offense works more efficiently when you can run the football. Yeah, That goes back to what we talked about even at times last year, the bowl game being the prime example. you got to have more diversity in your run game. It's got to be more creative. Mm-hmm. Because even if your offensive line is better, unless they're just playing at an elite level, you can't just line up and expect these backs to, to do – what the other two guys did. Not right yeah. now, anyway. Exactly. And uh, I, I like what you said, though, because that goes back to the wide receiving core. If that wide receiving core is as good as, you know, it looks on paper, mm-hmm. then it could e- that could easily be your your offensive identity because teams would have to start the game plan there defensively. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, I got to drop two safeties back deep just to make sure they don't beat us deep, and I got to find one of these targets to take away on any given play depending on what the situation circumstance is. Mm-hmm. So that will give you advantage right there. You can take away JT You can put two safeties deep but then take away JT Sanders or take away X-Man. That's basically what you're going to be trying to figure yeah. out each given play, and that's going to leave Jay Witt. Basically, one on one underneath a lot of the time, yeah, right? all Mitchell, the time, yeah, it's... yeah. I mean, because you out over the time, if if AD Mitchell is your over your guy that takes the top off defense, we don't know who that's going to be because Isaiah Nayor is not totally back yet. Right. Um, but that's there's always going to be that guy in Sark's offense. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to put a safety over that guy. They're going to tr- probably double team X Man most of the time. Why wouldn't you? I mean, they just try to force feed him the football. Uh, then JT Sanders presents a problem, and mm-hmm. you usually put linebackers dropping underneath a safety to the top. That's the case. I mean, you ain't got, a, you ain't got enough pieces mm-hmm. to defend all those perimeter yeah. weapons. So no, it, yeah. it literally unlocks the offense if yeah. you can have that. And then it's like, oh, you put, how are you going to stop the run yet? You put eight in the box, and it's like teams are going to decide, no. Hell no! Impossible. You can have you can I'll get, with Bijan and Rojo gone. No, we're not we're not going to stuff the box. Yeah, no. We're not going to load the box. You got to prove to us that you can run the ball. So I think early on, 
Texas is going to be able to run the rock because I'm with you. I, I choose to stop the weapons on the outside before I choose to load that box and leave my guys one-on-one with J.T. Sanders, X-Man, Jay Witt, A.D. Yep. Mitchell, and all those guys. Hell no. And looking at, <laughs> looking at the tight end depth in practice, it just reinforces it for me that if I'm ranking the most indispensable players on this team, J.T. Sanders is number one on my list. I can see that. Yep. Even over Kelvin Banks because I think if Kelvin Banks went down – you can still piecemeal something together. That's why Kyle Flood, you're going to hear a lot about guys cross-training. And we reported at a horse 24-7, Cam Williams getting a look at guard. They're, they're going to look at some different things. That's it's spring. That's what you can do. That's, That's what spring ball is all about. And if you lose JT Sanders, you, have, you, you can't replace him. There's nothing you can replicate that with. Yeah, nobody else can physically do what he does. And then that's also why you have spring football because there's no need to put JT Sanders in these scenarios where he could potentially get hurt. But you need to develop that tight end room so you can go right now and work those guys in the areas they aren't comfortable in and try to improve those skills that they're deficient at. Yeah, I don't know what you do if JT Sanders I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked. I got asked this question today, and I hadn't thought about it, but I wouldn't be shocked if they just fell into something in, at, at tight end in the portal that's just too good to pass up, um, just almost as an insurance policy. You need to. Yeah. Because yeah. there are tons of tight ends in the college game uh, over time, but like this NFL draft is so full of top-tier tight ends that this year may be a down year in context to where college football going forward is going to be very deep at that position. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, that's going to do it. We'll pick that conversation back up next week. Matt, thanks for everything, man. You're more than welcome. Rod B., appreciate the time and the knowledge. Anytime, brother. Anytime. For Matt, for Rod, for everybody at the Austin Radio Network and the Horn, 104-9-1019 AM 12:60. streaming on the Horn app and at hornfm.com where you can get Rod B. each and every weekday on Ball Don't Lie from 3 to 7. Same as plug. You can also get myself and Craig Waite on Light the Tower from 10 to noon. Thanks to Matt. Get all of our archives, our classic interviews and shows, or on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Search Horns 24-7 anywhere you get your podcasts. Click that follow button. Get every episode of The Blitz when it drops on Tuesdays. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening. And we will catch you again on the next episode. 
You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com. On May 23rd... I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? <laughs> Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not going to survive this. Evil, the final season. Streaming May 23rd, only on Paramount Plus.